Welcome to Lawmen, a podcast about local legends and obscure curiosities from days of yore. With me, James Shakeshaft. And me, Alistair Beckett-King. And hey there, Alistair. Hi, James. Got a pretty spooky tale, or a pretty sad tale, depending on how you want to look at it. Oh yeah, I'm all about the ambivalence. <laughs> well, you're in luck, because this tale is the tale of the Bakewell Witches. Sounds more delicious than it is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's mouth-watering tale. Help the witches survive the story. Ah, okay. Uh, Well, just give it a listen anyway. Find out. Maybe they will this time for the first time. Alistair. Hello, friend of the show, James Shakeshaft. Hello, also friend of the show, Alistair Beckett-King. I, well, I, w- I was saying that in order to try and establish myself as the as the top dog lawman. As the show. And I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I w- and I was sort of trying to position you as a sort of ancillary law person, which um, you've called me on it immediately. I think we're all friends of the show, though, aren't we? Everyone's friends of the show. Do we? Are there any enemies of the show that you know of? Because we we should have made a few by now. I hope Christ in a hole, it's Christina Hole takes it in the spirit. That it's meant. Yes. That's an affectionate nickname. Mm. And people who live in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. So I don't think we can start making fun of people who have silly names, can we? Well, I think we're the only people who are allowed to throw stones, weirdly. Well, right. Oh, so we can say that as part of the funny named community. Yes, exactly. Mm. We're sort of reclaiming. Making fun of people's names, are we? Or just joining in. Yeah, it's kind of joining in, isn't it? On this one. It's it's like a bit that I will I will reference this film again, Back to the Future. What? When Marty McFly first sees George McFly at Lou's Cafe. Yes, camp, Martin McFly, yes. In the past. Louise's Cafe, yep. <laughs> and he's like, you're George McFly. He goes, yeah, what of it? And then Biff comes in and he sort of bullies George McFly a bit. Biffton. <laughs> Biff. Big bifter. Um, and then he turns his bullying onto Marty McFly, what are you looking at? Yeah. But yeah, Head yeah. Dork thinks he's going to drown, etc. Mm-hmm. George McFly, like, sneers. I, are you doing the Marty whole McFly. film here, just to be clear? Or are you, are you summarizing a specific moment? Just this scene. Just okay. this scene. It's just the level of detail is extraordinary. But it's such a. The bit where George McFly turns on, he starts bullying his own son. Oh. Mm, resonance. Yes. Yeah. Does that remind you of when you travelled back in time and were bullied? And was by bullied your by father? my dad. Yes. Yeah. And I was thrown mm. in a canal by my great granddad. Yes. <laughs> Is the grandfather paradox donkey shakeshaft edition? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how anybody starting the podcast today could have made sense of anything we've said so far. Yeah, I don't know. There was a whole scene of Back to the Future acted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they 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 better have seen Back to the Future because if they haven't, <laughs> I'll just act. I'll just continue to act it out. Just for them continue doing, to do the rest of them. It's a great film. Doing all the voice. Uh, join the Patreon for James doing the entirety of Back to the Future. Oh, that could be our Christmas panto. Mm-hmm. I, there's already a musical. Oh well, forget it. I'll just tell your story, shall I, instead? Yeah, let's do that instead. Yeah, from the Peak District, it is. Ooh, one of the top districts. It is. Well, it's up there. This is this tale comes from Tales and Traditions of the High Peak by William Wood. Just one peak, just that one peak. The High Peak is it weirdly is the name of the area. Right. By William Wood of Eam. We've had a few from this guy before. 
this was the source for Major Andre and Miss Seward. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't remember, but I think I hated that Major Andre. Uh, Also, uh, the Death Token or Gabriel Hounds, which was from the episode Return of the Gabriel Hounds. The Gabriel Hounds. Dickie's Skull. Oh, yeah. These are all all classic episodes. bangers. The Miner and the Ghost. Yeah, I don't remember that one. Not the best name, but it was the one where the guy got drunk at the pub. And then was mm-hmm. like, I'm going to challenge That's the ghost. That's about half of your stories there, James. <laughs> and then was going to challenge a ghost and then um, thought he was getting dragged underwater or something um, and then woke up with his feet in a stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. okay. That, that one, not not a classic story, I think, that one. <laughs> well, I think this one's going to become one of the classics. This oh, is oh, good. The Witches of Bakewell. It already sounds better than a man with his legs in a puddle. Do you know of Bakewell, the town? I well, I know them for their tarts. I hope that isn't. I hope people of Bakewell aren't sick of hearing about it. But um, I love a Bakewell tart. Who doesn't? Describe to me your Bakewell tart. Well, there's two kinds that I know of. Ah, he's evading my trap, listener. He's evading my trap. Have I evaded the trap? What you the, have the commercial, the commercialized Bakewell tart. I'm doing the peak accent. Okay. That's how the locals say it. Yeah, I think that's what they say. The, the commercialised Bakewell tart. I think we just got banned in America. Uh, <laughs> it uh, has icing on top and even uh, a glacier cherry. Is that the mm. word I want? Glacier cherry? It can't be a glacier cherry. It's got to be a glass A cherry. cherry it's got to be a class A cherry. A class A cherry on icing. But the other kind uh, has, uh, I don't know if it's. Marzipan or pastry on top, but it doesn't mm. have it, it. Doesn't have the icing. Doesn't have the uh, cherry. But both of them are delicious. Yes. Well, that's the cherry bakewell, is what you've described. That's I've the, described the, a cherry bakewell. You're right. Mr. Kipling pies. Mm. Those are cherry bakewells. Monsieur Kipling. Then yes, you've got the bakewell tart, which has got like an eggy, egg and mm. almond topping, and then jam, and then pastry. And then there's another one. Whoa! A which third? is. A third tart has entered the ring. Yeah. Now then, I've got myself into hot water recently by getting things wrong. So I'm just going to double check my earlier search history. And the one that I had when I visited Bakewell was a Bakewell pudding. Oh, this is news to me. I've never heard of such a thing. If you go on your Wikipedia, your Wikipedias. Yeah. Wikipedias. That's where, that's where the cool teens hang out. It's it's a rad website. It's an incredibly unappetising look, but it is a delicious pudding. It, it, so what does it look like? It looks like... I'm just going to search now. It looks like someone's roughly cut a round bit of pastry and just dropped dollops some jam on it and then baked it. Revolting. That is a horrible picture. But it's delicious. It's, it's a very bad photograph as well, the, mm. the one that comes up. It's a horrible item, hideously photographed. There were three shops... In Bakewell, that claim to be the origin of the pudding. Why would Why would you? Is that like the way innocent people sometimes come forward and confess to a crime for the attention? A common story is first made by accident in 1820, and they seem to have kept that look. You don't say. Yeah, I dropped some jam on some pastry. But that isn't even the tale I want to tell you about. I want to tell you about the witches. The witches of Bakewell. Not to stay on tarts for too long, but what's Go good on. about the Bakewell tart is the name is already advertising itself. Because of bake, bake well. Oh, yes. You see what I mean? So it's, I it's, never even realised. It contains a recommendation within the name. I don't think I knew it was a place. Really? I thought it was like advice for making it. Oh. 
Are you, are you going to tell me that donuts come from Krispy Kreme, the town of Krispy Kreme? <laughs> it was a guy. It was a guy called Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Actually, three guys claim to have. But anyway, it's fine. But they did it by accident. We didn't mean it to be this crispy. Just a little bit of history of Bakewell then, while we we're, while were talking about the name. Mm. According to the Saxon Chronicle, friend of the show. <laughs> I, I always read it on the train. <laughs> Another sidebar to this sidebar. What was your local newspaper called? I think it would be the Durham Advertiser. An advertiser? In Durham. Yeah. So it was mostly, you know, like little adverts for if someone had a chest of drawers they wanted to get away. Mm. Um, or, or a cup and balls to sell. Have I, have I said before about the, when we used to, as young whippersnappers, do prank calls to the people advertising things in our local one? No, you, no. Now, tread carefully here, James, because I, as I'm sure I've told you, hate prank calls. Oh. Well, so you're gonna have to, this is going to have to be really hilarious to impress me, okay. a grouch. Me and actually one of the witnesses to the snuffling beast mm. rang up about a baby sling. A baby sling? A baby sling, yeah. I guess it was a papoose or something. For catapulting a baby? Well, you're, you're two steps ahead of uh, me and... Oh, okay, I see, I see, I see. Basically, we pretended to be Americans... And my friend rang up and said, I'm ringing up about this baby sling. And <laughs> me and my pal, John, uh, we just got to ask. You said we pretended to be Americans. We should have said we pretended to be James Stewart, the actor <laughs> James. <laughs> we as children put on the voice of the actor James Stewart and phoned up. Oh, uh, uh, we got to ask a couple of questions here. Um, I, I, you say it's a baby sling. That was that was the I, I, I nearly <laughs> nearly named him. That was the other guy who was involved in this. That was your co-conspirator. My co-conspirator was like, oh, yeah, we got to ring up about the baby sling. We're just me and my pal John here. We just can't we can't work it out. And then I shouted from the other side of the room, how far does it sling them? And they hung up. <laughs> Good joke. That's not really a prank call so much as a little sketch just for an audience of one. Oh, no, we recorded it. Okay. This is the day before mobiles. The day before mobiles. It was a cordless phone, a cordless house mm. phone, and you could tune the radio to it, basically. So we oh. tuned the radio to mm. it and recorded it onto tape and made a little bootleg tape of skits. A collection of evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We basically, yeah. We did it by accident and there was two other people. It could have happened in two other houses. <laughs> so anyway, according to the Saxon Chronicle, ours was the Banbury Cake, by the way. That was our local paper. What? That's a much better name. This Again, this is local foodstuffs. There is such a thing as Banbury Cake. Mm. I think it's like an Eccles cake, to be honest. It's very much a currants in dough situation. Well, Bakewell have got three, so we know. But no one will take the blame. <laughs> Book up your ideas, Banbury. That's what I say. Prior to, prior to the arrival of Edward the Elder in 924, Badacanwalan was Old the name Eddie. of Bakewell. Badacanwalan. 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 Which means the bathing well. Ooh. And that sort of evidently slurred into Bakewell. Badacanwalan. Badacanwalan. Which is definitely easier. The way it's spelt, there's a stretch of one, two, three, four, five consonants in that. B A D E C A N N W L L A N. Ooh. Boom. <sighs> We're all happy and it's Bakewell. So I'm going to get cinematic again. This has got a, an air, an edge of cinema, cinema, cinemania. Cinemat. It feels a bit like a film. 
Right, yeah, yeah. We're in London. What, should I be picturing the scene, James? Yeah, picture the scene. Okay, okay, I will. I'm, I'm picturing it now. We're in London. The early 1600s. The swinging 1600s. The swinging 1600s. We're in a cellar. I'm not sure what bit of London, but a bit of London. So glamorous. And... A watchman is making his way down the cellar. He's got his lantern. He's making a bit of noise saying, hey, you. Ding, 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 ding. Who's down here? Because he's from London. And down there in the darkness of the cellar is what William Wood, the author of Tales and Traditions of the High Peak, refers to as a Scotchman. A a Scotchman. A Scotchman. Which also sounds like a cake. (laughs) I I assume in this case was a human being. A Scottish person, yes. Right. And that Scotchman is in tattered shirt and trousers and smells somewhat of alcohol. Ah. Mm. Mm. And the watchman apprehends this Scotchman in this cellar and takes him before the magistrate. Purely on the basis of being Scottish and drunk. Is that a crime? Well... I hope it's not. He took him before a magistrate on suspicion of having been concealed in an, op- in an unoccupied room for sinister purposes. So he arrested him on suspicion of being in a, a room? I think that bit is that bit's pretty, very easily provable. Yeah, he was definitely in that room, but for sinister purposes. It is a thing. I've read, I've read a good book called the bible uh, called night walking which is all about like the history of people walking at night time and how it was basically i think even in roman times and up to medieval times before you had lights it was kind of illegal like curfew was just normal any crime that was committed at night time came with a stronger sentence like a surcharge because it was committed at night time yeah there's a surcharge mm. for c- criming at night really mm. yeah People were terrified of the night. So he gets him in, up in front of the magistrate and says, where are your clothes? <laughs> Did the magistrate ask that question? Yeah. Where are your clothes? Is he Australian? Maybe. He's, he's had a long day. Mm. Carry on, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, where, where are your clothes? Where are your clothes? Uh, to which the Scotsman, Scotchman, according to this, I'm going to say Scottish person or Scotsman, I don't, I don't need that heat. They're at Mrs. Stafford's house in Bickwell, Derbyshire, replied the wary Scotchman. I said, I did not wary enough, was there? There wasn't enough wariness in the voice. I felt, I felt some wariness, but not a lot of wariness. They're at Mrs. Stafford's house in Bickwell, Derbyshire. That's where his clothes are. Yeah, Bakewell in Derbyshire. Why? Have you walked here with only a shirt torn into ribbons on your back? I came, I don't know how. Twas like a wind. Ooh. But Mrs. Stafford came same fashion. I was in bed at three o'clock this morning. A Bakewell. And Mrs. Stafford too, but she's gone back. And her sister's too, I thinks it is, said the wily villain. Why? Uh, villain or victim of teleportation? Okay, now we're going to go to We're going to flash back. Okay. To a, a, allegedly 3 a.m. this morning. Now, there is a bit of a, there's a potentially a dark end to this, so I'm just, teeing people up we're not let's not have too much fun all right because there's potentially a real miscarriage of justice happens but it's also i'm not 100 sure because the azizes 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 it's it's whichever one we don't think it is yes so i think it's azizes yeah one of them or probably a fourth azizes because because azizes is more fun azizes is more bowie so yeah, it's probably so it's, it's sizes. not that. It's a sizes. Yeah, a sizes. Confident, confident that it's a, the sizes. Was it our sizes? <laughs> so there was a bit of fun to be had. 
but we went the yeah. other way. Yeah, so the the records of the Ezai, whatever, have been lost for this time. Convenient. So we don't know if a quite a bad thing happened ultimately, or if this is just all wholesale story. But we're going to tick back the clock to 3 a.m. that morning. Dong. 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 Gnob. Gnob. That's a bong backwards, but that does, yeah. to be honest, it sounds weird. That just sounds like that a bong. Me, that was, well, that was, that was me doing backwards ticks. That's the best I could do. Oh, it sounded like you were doing a bong. Oh, I said the other kind of bong. Right, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't know nothing about that. No. We're back. It's 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. The Scottish guy, he's in bed and he's awoken <gasps> by a bright light shining from between the floorboards. What's that? What's that, Lee? Oh, between the- by the way, we're in Bakewell now. We're at Mrs. Stafford's house. That probably came up in text on the screen earlier. I'm in Bakewell, by the way. Oh, what's going on here in Bakewell on the first floor? For Americans, uh, first floor is second, your second that's floor. the second floor to Americans, but to us it's the first floor. There's something going on down there. So he started peeping through the little gaps. He was peeping through the little gaps. Have a wee peep. peep. And underneath was Mrs. Stafford and her accomplice, and they looked like they were preparing for a journey. But it's night time, James. That's illegal. It's, it was fully illegal. To go anywhere at night. Why would you want to go somewhere at night? Very also, suspicious. I think in the past, getting ready to go out probably had, there was more of a look to it. Whereas nowadays it would be like, oh, maybe they've got a coat on and they're patting their pockets to see if they've got their keys. Mm. Doing that little dance. Phone, keys, wallet. Ding, ding, ding. Time to leave. But in those days, it was like pouch of monies, jing, jing, jing. Mm. Uh, probably a, some kind of a, a, a baldric, perhaps. What's that? Is that a sash? Is it? A undercoat, sash. overcoat. A, yeah, undercoat, overcoat, under undercoat, over overcoat. Under hat, over hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and then he heard Mrs. Stafford repeat the following lines Over thick, over thin. Now devil to the cellar in London. And immediately they vanished and all was dark. And he was startled. And the lodger muttered to himself those same words. Through thick, through thin. Now devil to the cellar in London. Now you notice there, Alistair. Mm. He's made a small error. No. In his recitation. Oh, no. They said, over thick, over thin. He said, through thick, through thin. And as the last word was delivered, a rush of wind blew him to London <laughs> through right. bushes, hedges, oh. everything, into a cellar. Rambling over hedges and ditches, eh? Yeah, exactly. And then in a moment, he was seated, all tattered and torn, beside Mrs. Stafford and the other witch in a lamp-lighted cellar in London. And the witches were tying up large parcels of silks and muslins, which they had purloined in an instant from shops in the area. They'd been teleportating Robin. They were doing some teleportation burglary. Wow. I mean, if I could teleport stock out of shops, yeah. I wouldn't go to London to do it. I would just teleport the stock directly to Bakewell. They have to go through the portal because mm. they have to say it and they have to grab it and then say it again. I see. Okay. Okay. Yes, fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know why they, they... I'm not still not sure why they need to go to a cellar, but okay. I guess they're just getting it all together, maybe. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm not a criminal. Look, I don't want to I don't want a non-witch splain to these witches. Exactly. And their fabric-stealing scheme. 
I'm sure they know their business. I'm not a teleporting criminal. I don't know how it works. With the best will in the world, I'm not. And then Mrs. Stafford immediately hands him some wine. He immediately drinks it. Of course he does. Of course he does. And immediately falls asleep. Mm-hmm. And then he's awoken. And I was woken up by oh, your man here. Coming down. No, I've started riffing now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that was a direct quote. I was woken up by your man came here, knocking up the police, waking me up. And, uh... Who's that down there? Are you Scottish? Because <laughs> I was Cockney for a start and then I became Australian. I, no. well, that was the judge, I think, was Australian. Oh, yeah, because I'm Cockney. I'm going to take you to meet my Australian friend. Yeah. Unfortunately, that judge has a whole paragraph of speech now, so I'm going to have to do that accent. Right, okay. More. Great. He's told this story. <laughs> he says, ah, ah, this is witchcraft. Clear case. Clear case indeed. Take down his depositions, bring him some clothes, away to Bakewell. Seize the accused witches, convey them to the country jail, try them on this good man's evidence, and execute them immediately. Praise the Lord. Well, she worked quite well in that accent, I think. Yeah, yeah, it sounded really good, yeah. And as William Wood says, ridiculous and incredible as this may appear now, it is in fact irrefragable and undeniable that Mrs. Stafford and her female accompanist in witchcraft were executed in Derby, 1608. Right. Uh, well, I was about to try and refrag it. So well, you can't. I'm glad to know that it's irrefragable. Well, it's ir- irrefragable. Saves me the trouble of trying to f- refrag it. It's been, <laughs> it's been fragged once. Leave it. It is irrefragable. So they were definitely executed. Uh, mm. Yeah. That is to say, so on the evidence here adduced. That is to say, a Scotchman had had some of his clothes detained by Mrs. Stafford at Batewell because the clothes were at the lodgings when they went there. Okay, so that... That corroborates his story of teleportation. The old, yeah, that's all the evidence. No wonder he sounded wary. He's absolutely yeah. spinning a tale. This is six, early 1600s, so James I is going to do his discovery of witches and whatnot. I'm going to have to jump in that I don't think a discovery of witches... Was that written by James I? I don't mean the TV show. Yeah, I, I think the, the book is called A Discovery of Witchcraft, and it's by Reginald Scott. And I think James I's book is um, Demonology. Ah, yes, you're right. Popular belief held that all obtainable copies of Discovery of Witchcraft were burned on the accession of James I in 1603. Well, Discovery of Witchcraft was a uh, a book debunking the idea of witches. Debunking. Debunking. Um, But it it proved to be (laughs) irredebunkable. Irrefragable? I think think a Discovery of Witchcraft explained how you could do things like basic conjuring tricks. Really? And give the impression of being a witch. Yeah, yeah, so I think uh, Reginald Scott was more of a sceptic. Oh, yeah. He was sort of out of step with the the rest of his times. Yeah, it dismarketh sundry egregious impostures. Did it? If I remember rightly, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's all coming back to you now, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And in certain principal chapters and special passages, hitteth the nail on the head with a witness. That's what um, Gabriel Harvey wrote in 1593. He said it hitteth the nail on the head. Is that a five-star review? Yeah. Mate, it, mate, it's really hitteth the nail on the head. Four, four stars. Stars. <laughs> there was an extra one. Yeah, S-T-R-R-E-S. <laughs> Ye review read like a fiver. <laughs> anyway, yes. So, yeah, so you think, I suppose, if you were caught... N- semi-naked and drunk in London 
having the been concealed in an unoccupied room for sinister purposes. Yeah, is, as we know, he's illegal. That's almost as illegal as going outside at night, being in mm. a room. Mm. Yeah, um, being inside at night. Whoa, what are you doing? Whoa, being whoa, inside whoa. a room? At night? The, the only thing you could do to really get yourself out of trouble would be to say, where was witches? Just witches yeah. did this to me. Blame an innocent milliner in yeah. Bakewell. Yeah. I mean, what's more plausible? That witches were teleporting from Bakewell to London to steal fabric. Burgling witches, or, yeah. or a Scotsman was drunk, which is, I mean, it's it could be either. Mm, exactly. Let's err on the side of caution and execute those women. Yeah, hang two women. To be safe. Yeah. Um, as I say, the as far as I can see, the Aziz's records for that time were destroyed in a fire in, I think, also the 19th convenient. century. So, yeah. We, we can't check. We can't see it. I can't, it's, you can't really check it. According to William Wood. Willie Woods. During the Long Parliament, 3,000 supposed witches were executed in England. Dreadful fanaticism. Mm, Willie Woods coming strongly there. Mm. Coming out strongly against the executing of people for witchcraft. Good, good for him. Good for him, yes. Good for him. Also, on the Longman podcast, we think executing people for witchcraft is, is usually wrong. Yes, definitely. Most, to- most of the time. Just you know don't. what, Alistair? Mm. You know what you've done there? You've hit the nail on the head. Yeah, thank you. Thank mm. you. Four stars. Thank you. <laughs> so that's uh, that's the tale of the witches of Bakewell. Great story. And the liar of Scotland. Yeah, and the trustworthy Scottish man. Still, when I believe they teleported, I was quite enjoying it. Mm. It was quite fun. A lot, lot of fun until I realised you just made that up. Yeah. You don't see a lot of teleportation in stories. No, and not for nefarious dealings either. Just seemed like a fairly low-scale use of teleportation. If you could teleport. Mm. Mm. I'm going to get so much silk. And anything else? Nah. And she's a milliner. I am a milliner, so I'm, yeah, probably going to find use for that. A milliner's a, uh, a hat, um, specifically women's hat maker, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, so she, all she's doing is just keeping up a millinery as a day job, and it's just a way of getting, you know, extra stock in. Yeah, so witchcraft is just a sideline, because millinery isn't really bringing the money in. Quit the millinery and just become a... Just a, become a full-time witch. A full-time teleportation thief. Yeah, you could just steal money and food and mm. really cut out the the whole millinery part of the scam. The middle mid, the bit, the middle <laughs> millen man. <laughs> yes, cut out the middle milliner. Should we move to the scores? Yes, let's do the scores. Excellent. Okay, right. <clears throat> First up, naming. Names. Mm. Um, a welcome return to Willie Woods. Yes. Well, of Willie Woods. It's not mm. a place, it's a person, thankfully. But there could be a place. Yeah. It, it, it could be, but you don't want to be visualising it. No, I am now. No, Ooh, mm. no definitely no. not. Let's reverse out of that um, mental image. Okay. Yeah. yeah, sort of, actually, there's not that many names, are there? Mrs. Stafford. Back to Willie Woods. Back, right, just plough straight back in there. Slam it back into first. We've got Mrs. Stafford, which is a rubbish name. We've got Bakewell, which is and the name of a tart and a thing that you do to a tart. Yes. You Great. Got, there was a brief mention of Friend of the Show, Saxon Chronicle, and also Edward the Elder. I think mm-hmm. made his pod debut. Was yeah, Eddie Elds. Eddie the Elds. Old Eddie the Elder. Badakanwalan. 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 Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no one else had a name. The Scotchman, 
We didn't even correctly name his nationality. The Scotsman. The Scottish man. The Watchman. The Watchish man. And the Magistrate. None of them had a name. No. Um, so I think it's uh, I think it's a two out of five. Mm. Both of those two being for Willie Woods. Lovely. Who's been on the podcast before, but I'm still enjoying it. Yeah, quite rightly. Next category. Supernatural. I'm going to say it's high. Really? Yeah, because oh. the evidence of the Aziz's... Assizes. Assizes. Which one is it? Uh, yeah. The evidence of the assizes has gone up in smoke. So we, we just don't know. And I really like a bit of teleportation. I, I really enjoy the, the mystery of um, him being whisked, and not as he intended, through the normal, I guess, a portal, mm. but through the, the medium of wind. Yeah, I guess the witches, when they did it, they went up in the air, so a bit more like a witch on a broomstick type vibe. Oh, right. Mm, mm. They would have kind of done an arc, over, but somehow still landed in a cellar. Yeah, down the chimney maybe. So there's still some teleportation. And they're obviously then able to get into other stores, cellars. According to Malleus Maleficarum, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which mm. is the big book about how you catch witches... Oh, yeah. But witches can't really do anything because witches don't really have magic powers, Mm. according to that book, because Mm. that would be against God. The powers that they have are all the powers of the devil. So the biggest power they have is the power over your eyes and your ability to see. So when you see a witch flying, Mm. it's actually just a devil carrying the witch. But you can't see the devil. And that's how, yeah, that's their understanding. That's their explanation for how... Their nonsensical belief in witchcraft is congruent with their religious faith. Uh, it's just devils who are like green screened out of the world, oh. just picking stuff up and moving it about. Right. So it could be that. It could have been he was being dragged there by devils. He invokes the devil at the start, right? Yeah, that's the thing. It's um, That's what the little incantation is. Over thick, over thin, now devil to the sever in London. Which we, we know now that it doesn't work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, no one repeat this because maybe I just haven't got the powers. Ma- Maybe. I mean, that does sound like quite a lot of comedy venues in London. You could be forced to riff your way around a, a milliner routine in <laughs> seconds, James. Oh, completely no. naked. So, in conclusion, it's five out of five for Supernatural. Yes. My next category. Okay. That's everything to play for. Is Justice is Blind. Right. Sort of a play on blind justice. How is, it, uh, how is that a play? It's just, it's not really a play. It's just, I've just said it in a different order. Just rearrange the words. Okay. Just change right. them around. So who's who's blind? The Aussie guy. The Australian. <laughs> the Australian. Well, like, come on. Oh, you, you mean figuratively to the truth? Is that what you mean? Yes. He's have a, he's has the wool pulled over his eyes by that naked Scotsman, Scottish man. And that would be annoying for him because sheep farming is the backbone of the Australian economy. Exactly. And where did he get that wool? Did he steal it? Did he use his portal to steal it from a seller? Probably. probably he probably did. Yeah, he's probably stealing it from an honest Aussie trader. That guy comes up with an absolute C&B story. Yeah, absolutely. To be fair, he's riffed that in the moment with a hangover. Mm. So that's not that bad. Well, it's, yeah, it's pretty good, but it's not believable. It is, evidently, by this guy. Yeah. But I think he's very, very credulous. This is witchcraft, clear case, clear case indeed. Yeah, you could just say anything in those days was witchcraft, and people would be, oh! Yeah, 
Yeah, that's quite sad. Yes. Uh, okay. Having just said that it was supernatural and they were definitely witches, uh, I'm going to have to give this a high score because they were definitely not witches because there's no such thing as witchcraft. Mm. And if the, if indeed they were executed, it was wrongful. There's two wolves inside of you, Alistair. Are there? One of them. Yeah, yes. It's news to me. One of them is lurking inside a basement for sinister purposes. Right. And the other one hitteth the nail on the head. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I didn't really understand that, but... No, me neither. I'm going to say it's four out of five for for whatever this category was, because mm. um, it's less fun. It's, I, I do think the execution of innocent people is um, is less fun than witches teleporting. Yes. So one point knocked off for unfun. And hopefully this particular story is not true. Let's hope it's not true. Mm. Let's hope for the first time on this podcast we've told a story that isn't true. Yes. <laughs> and my final category. Okay. It's read the small print. Yeah, don't don't recite a vague recollection. If you're going to incant, make sure you... Get, um, get it right. Yeah, get it right, because there's a big difference between over something and through something. Because, yeah, yeah. Oh, the old wind dragging you through walls and bushes. It would look good in the film, though. It would have been a good sequence. All the way from Derbyshire, though. Yeah, it's quite far. I think you'd die. In a car, it takes hours. Yeah. And that, and we've got the M6 toll. Yeah. <laughs> what was this category again? There aren't any other examples. It's small print. Read <laughs> the small the Read this. Oh, so that's it. So you, I was thinking that you were going to come up with some brilliant legal loophole that the judge forgot about. No. Mm. The fire of the records, there probably is some kind of notice there saying, hey, don't burn this. Probably don't set this stuff on fire. That somebody overlooked and that when they set it on fire. And when the Scottish guy went to lodge at the witch's house, there was probably some sort of contract that was like, don't peek through the betwixt the floorboards. Yeah. Even if you see a spooky light. Yeah, look peeky not twixt. The floor planks. Mm. Yeah, and also when he was visiting London, someone should have warned him that it was illegal to be Scottish in a hole. Yes, at night. That's a crime in in London. Mm. Yeah. So, well, I'd like I'd like to give you five, mm. but James, under yeah. bylaw thirty seven oh. of the Lawman's Code. Oh yeah, um, it's a four. As, as you, as you, I don't need to tell you that. Yeah, I should have checked that beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. You've enough. slipped up. Mm. Well, let's just get into our sleeping bags and try and uh, pass a peaceful night here in Willie Woods. <laughs> don't peek between the woods. <laughs> no matter what you hear, we'll see. I'll just hammer in these tent pegs. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I've gathered some foliage to make a small fire, and it, I'll be honest, it stinks. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't survive, did they, James? Yeah, no, I don't think they did. If they, if they existed... If they existed, they died. And if they didn't exist, they were never alive. As I often say, they were still alive today. I think that they're being a lot of pain. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day... It is what it is. Stop saying things are is what it is about witches. <laughs> it is what it is, though, isn't it, at the end of the day? That's the very thing about witches. Things are not what they seem. James, uh, I'm confused. Me too. Alistair, in this, you allude to me doing stand-up about millinery, and that's an actual thing, and if you listen to the bonus episode, you'll hear the actual stand-up about millinery. Or if you'd ever seen me gig, 
circa 2014 to 16. So, the options are learn time travel or join the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash lawmenpod. That's for the Patreon, not the time travel. It's time travel. It's a little, little time, yeah, little travel, time paradox. travel joke there. Yeah. yeah. You'll get it. You'll get it one day. Probably. Are you suggesting that they, they might not be ready for it, James? Yeah, but the kids are going to love it. Nice. Good.